Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shelf Care Interview, an occasional conversation series where Booklist talks to book people. This Shelf Care Interview is sponsored by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. I am Ronnie Curry, Associate Editor, Books for Youth, and today I am talking to Raul III. Raul is the Pura Belpre honor-winning illustrator of Vamos, Let's Go to the Market and Vamos, Let's Go Eat. He is currently working on the expanded world of his Vamos series. He grew up in El Paso, Texas and Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, and now lives in Boston, Massachusetts with colorist and collaborator Elaine Bay and their son, Raul IV. Today, we are going to be talking about El Toro and Friends, Raul's new line of early readers, beginning with Tag Team and Training Day, both of which hit shelves on May the 4th. Thank you so much for joining me today, Raul. Well, it's my pleasure, Ronnie. I'm so happy to be here today. So do you mind kicking us off by introducing El Toro and Friends? Yes. So for those readers who are familiar with the Vamos series, they might have noticed that there are wrestlers in the world of Vamos. In particular, one pretty famous dude, and his name is El Toro. In book two, Vamos, Let's Go Eat, we get to meet the rest of the gang. And... Those characters have become so popular that we decided that they needed to have their own title. And so on May 4th, we will be publishing El Toro and Friends in Training Day and El Toro and Friends in Tag Team. And in these books, readers will be able to read the solo adventures of El Toro, La Oinkoink, Croak, Jack A. Lopez, Armadillo, and the rest of the amazing masked wrestlers. And so, like you said, these early readers take place in the same world as the Vamos books, same setting, many of the same characters, but they are pretty different in a way. So when it comes to both the text and the art, can you talk about the difference in your approach between crafting early readers as opposed to the previous picture books? Sure. So the picture books, they are slower reads than the early readers. And what I mean by that is the Vamos books, they are jam-packed with all sorts of interesting details. And that's primarily because we are focusing on an entire community of people that are working at their various jobs. So whether it's the booths at the Mercado or the food trucks in Vamos, Let's Go Eat. I really want my readers to get to know that part of the world, those communities. In the early readers, the El Toro and Friends books, these are much faster. They are fast-paced, action-packed books. And they are filled with all sorts of exciting storytelling. And I took my cues a lot from Saturday morning cartoons and action sequences in comic books. And so that's how I approach the differences between the two. One's slower paced, one's more action packed, like an action movie. And it really works given the Lucha Libre focus of the El Toro and Friends books. And so after after reading these and, and all of your all of your books, really, I have to assume that you have a somewhat personal connection to Lucha Libre. 
So correct me if I'm wrong there, but can you talk about how that became such a focal point of the Vamos books, if you did have a personal connection there? So this entire series is kind of like a personal connection to me. I grew up, as you said in the introduction, I grew up in El Paso, Texas, and in Juarez, Mexico. And so I was just surrounded by all of the amazing things that growing up in a border town has to offer. And of course, one of those things that are really big in the El Paso and Juarez area are wrestlers. And not just uh, wrestlers, but masked wrestlers, luchadores. And they were inescapable to me when I was a kid, especially when I would head over to Juarez and I would see these beautiful displays of capes and masks and cheap plastic luchador toys which immediately made you curious and you wanted to fill in the blanks and understand who these characters were. And so, you know, wrestlers like uh, El Santo, the Blue Demon, Mil Mascaras, all of these uh, characters sparked my fascination, not just with luchadores, but also with mass superheroes. And in El Toro and Friends, I get the opportunity to kind of expand the luchador universe and introduce my very own wrestlers. And it's something that I love doing more than anything. So we have El Toro, La Oinkoink, Jack A. Lopez, Armadillo, <laughs> Lizarda, Croak. And then, of course, you cannot have heroes without introducing villains. And so we have The Wall Donnie Dollars, the ball doggy lot. And the list is going to grow from one book to the next. It's going to be amazing. I love it. I love it so much. I was so excited, especially with Tag Team, to see wrestling used to present a story that's so positive and constructive. Um, I can honestly say I've never had so much fun reading about cleaning. <laughs> Just because professional wrestling, at least in my experience, is largely misunderstood, let's say and sometimes looked down upon. And I feel like that extends into publishing sometimes. Like I'm, I'm surprised there aren't more children's books with wrestling because they're so popular with kids. So I'm wondering as you've shared your work, what kind of responses you've gotten from A, kind of teachers and publishers, like have they been skeptical of the wrestling? And then B, with, with children, have they recognized Lucha Libre? Have they connected to it? Or have you had to sort of explain it to people and introduce it to people? Well, this series has yet to hit the stands. Right. And so a lot of that feedback, I've yet to receive it. Okay, I'm sure I will be receiving feedback from both teachers and kids alike. But I will say that when I was writing the uh, the first two El Toro books, and this was before the pandemic, and so I was able to visit schools, I did a lot of test readings when this was at the planning stages mm -hmm. to kids in classrooms, and they loved it. There was laughing and cheering and all sorts of fun stuff. But as for the bad take that some might take, what I love about wrestling is that it doesn't always just have to be about the battles that take place in the ring. Wrestling is much better when you understand the backstory of what the wrestlers are going through, what leads them to get into that ring to battle each other. And so there's a lot of drama that happens to build up the battle. And those are the kind of things that I love to focus on. Another thing is that luchadores, they are the early archetypes of 
the superheroes that adults and kids are devouring hour by hour throughout our country, whether it's in graphic novels or on Disney Plus or whatever. I mean, we are just inundated with American superheroes. And this is a wonderful opportunity to showcase the types of heroes that we have been worshiping in our border towns across the United States. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think it's such an underrated kind of area of storytelling and and character-driven storytelling. Yeah, it's just so much fun to draw. I mean, anytime you get to draw somebody like spinning somebody over their heads or (laughs) you could just really exaggerate like the human form. And I love drawing a page where characters are just like flying through the air. So let's talk a little bit about art then. You have this very distinct style that also to me feels very familiar, although I'm not, I'm not 100% sure why. <laughs> but can you talk about sort of how your style developed over the years and, and what some of your artistic influences have been? Yeah, well, I, I really love, uh, Ronnie, how you just said that my style is familiar to you, but you're not quite sure why. Uh, <laughs> and that's something that a lot of people tell me. And it's really because a lot of what you're familiar with in my style is what I love about cartooning and comic books. I am a huge student of early American cartooning, comic books, pop culture, and somehow I have figured out a way to jam pack my own artistic style with things that have influenced me over the decades. And so, yes, of course, Mexican luchadores but also 80s cartoons that I would watch on TV, everything from the Hanna-Barbera universe to Pink Panther to Disney, Looney Tunes, comic books that I would pick up from the 7-Eleven in the 90s, X-Men, The Incredible Hulk, Batman, Mm -hmm. uh, movies. It's all in there. And I've uh, kind of regurgitated all of these things into what is now the world of Vamos and everything else that I've done over the years. I feel like I can't talk about your art without mentioning Elaine Bay, yes. who colors your work and, and is a big part of your life in many ways, um, because her work is so outstanding. I am just incredibly lucky to work with Elaine. But go ahead. You were going to say something flattering to her, I'm sure. And I don't want to interrupt that. No, the, the flattery was over. <laughs> but I'm curious about your collaboration. Do you do you work closely together? Or is it more kind of you do your piece and then hand it off and she works her magic? Or yeah. um, what's it like kind of being in such close quarters and working with someone like that? Well, I've known Elaine since I was 16 years old. Okay. And so that's uh, 26, 30, that's almost 30 years of my life that we we have we have known each other and we've been living together now for about 20 years and so she has influenced me deeply in how i approach my artwork and vice versa as it turned out i was working on spongebob comics about five years ago and i needed a colorist and so i asked elaine if she would be interested and she sent some samples into our editor at the time the amazing chris duffy And he loved the work that we did together. And then when this opportunity came along, since we were doing such great work together on the SpongeBob books, we decided to continue our professional relationship and extend it into the world of Vamos. And I honestly couldn't imagine these books being colored by anybody else. She has really brought a lot to the books they would have looked not nearly as good if I had done the job all by myself. 
But basically, when we were developing this world of Vamos, our main goal was to make it a love letter to our hometown, to the border town that we both grew up in. And so everything from the effects of the sun on the environment, how it bleaches color, the colorful way that people color their homes, Mm -hmm. all of these things were things that we talked about. But then I create the line work and I basically just hand it off to Elaine and I, and she always comes back and surprises me with her color choices. And it's always magnificent. That's beautiful. That's That sounds like like such an ideal scenario. It is. And there's so much evident sort of love and care and the details of the work that you both do. It really pays off. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Raul, for chatting with me. And thank you to everyone else for listening to the Shelf Care interview. This Shelf Care interview was sponsored by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, publisher of Tag Team and Training Day, both available on May 4th. Until next time, happy reading, everyone. Happy reading, everyone.